It's a great joy to be with you today and to share God's Word uh, together. Uh, I'm Michael O, oh, and I serve as Global Executive Director and CEO of the Lausanne Movement. Uh, since 1974, Lausanne has been connecting influencers and ideas for global mission and calling the whole church to bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Uh, thank you for inviting me to be a part of your service today. If you would turn with me in your Bibles, I'll be reading from Romans chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, let's pray together. Oh, Father, open our eyes and our hearts uh, to see and to feel what you would have us to see and feel. Uh, move our hands and our feet to live as you would have us live. Uh, most of all, Lord, let us know you more as we look into your word, as we consider your good news, and as we humble ourselves before you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wish that our being together like this today, online, uh, were under different circumstances. But I also understand that if it were not for these circumstances, perhaps we might not be together like this. So I'm thankful uh, for the unexpected blessings of our difficult times. With millions of people across the nations infected with the COVID-19 virus, uh, the world needs some good news. And I think for many, uh, the very first thing that we do each morning, uh, if you're like me, is kind of reach over and uh, open up our phones. And my wife, Pearl, often will ask me in the mornings, any good news? Um, we all hope that somewhere, someone did something, perhaps while we were sleeping, uh, that is gonna help us in this pandemic. Uh, vaccination, a cure, a breakthrough. Uh, the world could use some good news. And there is good news for the world. The most important word in Paul's opening words to the Romans is gospel or good news. Uh, it occurs six times in the first 17 verses. Uh, in fact, uh, gospel is really the theme of the entire letter to the church in Rome. 
Romans was written with the hope of making the good news of God more widely known. Uh, so today we want to look at that gospel. Uh, we want to understand it better, appreciate it more, uh, be changed by it, and become change makers through it. Uh, so first of all, uh, we see in Romans 1 the gospel, promised and fulfilled, promised and fulfilled. Uh, now, what was promised? What is the gospel? Uh, in Paul's day, the euangelion, or good news, uh, was associated with the Roman emperor. It was an announcement of good news about him. Uh, the Roman emperor's birthday, the emperor's victory in war, the emperor's visit to your city. That was the gospel. But Paul is now sharing better good news, not about Caesar, but the gospel of Jesus. Uh, in verse 2, we read that the gospel was promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And what God promised, God has fulfilled. Uh, in verses 3 and 4, we learn of a victory, not a military victory of an emperor, but a spiritual victory of Christ over death. Jesus Christ our Lord, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. This is a shocking pronouncement to make in Rome where Caesar ruled the world. Imagine the hearers of this letter. Wait, Rome crucified Jesus. That Jesus has been raised from the dead? The resurrection reversed the verdict of Rome, and this same Jesus summons all, even Roman citizens, to obedience of the faith, to allegiance to a new king. Now, Caesar, back in the day, claimed the title Savior of the World. But Jesus is truly the Savior of the world. We have been given good news in the gospel. So ultimately, what is the gospel? It is a person. The gospel is Christ. Paul says that he was set apart for the gospel, Jesus Christ our Lord. And this was good news for the Jews as well. For Paul and for Paul's people, uh, there was a longing, a centuries-long longing for the good news of the fulfillment of the promised Messiah, the one who would restore all things. Uh, this was not new news for the Jews. This was long-awaited news. And this is very important uh, because we Gentiles kind of have the tendency to think that God's plans began with us. But as new as the Christian gospel may have seemed 2,000 years ago, the gospel of salvation through the atoning work of the Christ was the fulfillment of all prior revelations of God in the, new, in the Old Testament. And we see that affirmed again and again in the preaching of the apostles. Uh, in Acts 13, Paul reviews the scope of Israel's history, uh, showing that God sent Jesus 
from the line of King David according to his promise, and all that happened to him on earth was in fulfillment of the scriptures. Uh, he was condemned, crucified, just as the prophet said, and he was raised from the dead in accordance with scripture. The Holy One would not see decay. And Paul took this message to the synagogues, reasoning with the Jews from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. The gospel is good news indeed. And it is good news that God has announced from Genesis 3 up through Malachi chapter 4. The gospel promised and fulfilled in Jesus. And it is also the gospel cherished and proclaimed. Uh, one of my favorite preachers, Jim Boyce of 10th Church in Philadelphia, uh, who went to be with the Lord 20 years ago, wrote this about evangelical churches in his day. Uh, those words, sadly, are painfully relevant today. He said, Our religion is one of personalities, plans, and programs, of buildings, books, and bargains. Because it is not the faith of those who love Jesus, it is shallow and selfish, constantly shifting in the ebbs and flows of cultural standards. The Apostle Paul loved Jesus. Paulos doulos Christu Yesu. Paul, a servant, a slave of Christ Jesus, is how he introduces himself. Now, slavery to Christ is a special kind of slavery. It is a slavery where we actually become free. And it is a slavery that begins with being freed from slavery. Slavery to sin and death being bought at a price, the very blood and life of the one who sets us free, and being purchased by his blood, we are eternally bound to him. Uh, I love my wife, Pearl, uh, my bride of 26 years, and there is no one I would more gladly be chained to or quarantined with. And that's Kind of what Paul is saying of Christ, but, but much, much more so. Paul loved the Lord he served. And he also served the Lord he loved. Uh, one of the great fruits of the Third Lausanne Congress, uh, where 4,000 leaders of the global church from 200 nations gathered in Cape Town, South Africa, uh, was the Cape Town Commitment. Uh, it is a roadmap for global mission in our day. And the opening lines say this, The mission of God flows from the love of God. The mission of God's people flows from our love for God and for all that God loves. World evangelization is the outflow of God's love to us and through us. We affirm the primacy of God's grace and we then respond to that grace by faith, demonstrated through the obedience of love. 
We love because God first loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The love of God propels us into the world. Uh, this is our service to the Lord we love. Uh, verse 5, in essence, is Paul's restatement of the Great Commission, obedience of faith for the sake of Christ's name among all nations. Uh, what is that but the making of disciples of all nations? Uh, Paul understood himself uh, to be set apart for the gospel of God. Uh, before Paul met Christ, um, he was a Pharisee, which has the meaning of separated one or separation. Uh, but now instead of being Pharisaios, uh, he is aphorismenos eis euangelion theu, separated for the gospel of God. Uh, previously, his pharisaical separation might have meant uh, crossing the street rather than pass near an unworthy sinner. Uh, the Pharisees were experts at social distancing. But Christ changed Paul from self-righteous rule following to one who was separated unto a gospel that saves sinners unrighteous ones and self-righteous ones from every tribe, language, nation, and people. And Paul understood that this was the glorious design and promise of God from the beginning as seen in the Holy Scriptures. And so he served his Lord toward the fulfillment of the prophecy of Genesis 22. And through the offspring of Abraham, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And he longed to see the nations become the heritage and the ends of the earth become the possession of the Son of God, as we see in Psalm 2. And he longed to see uh, the hope of the promise in Isaiah 52, that the suffering servant, the Messiah, would bear the sins of many, and as high priest, sprinkle many nations. That which God promises, God will fulfill. But Paul's passion for the gospel was not only based on convictions about Old Testament promises to be fulfilled. It flowed from his love for Christ. Uh, here's a true statement about life. You never have to tell someone to tell someone about someone they really love. Again, you never have to tell someone to tell someone about someone they really love. In fact, you probably can think of a friend who cannot stop talking about how much they love uh, some kind of coffee or their favorite sports team or player or something or someone else. Those are perhaps the times when you might accidentally lose your cell phone signal or your Zoom connection over Wi-Fi. Oh, I don't know how we got cut off. Uh, now, of course, being obsessed with coffee is not the same thing as having a passionate and deep love for Christ that flows from the passionate and deep love of Christ for us. Uh, but you understand what I'm saying. 
Again, when you love someone, you talk about them. Uh, someone asks me about my wife, what she's like. I might be like Pearl. Oh, my wife. Oh, my sweetie. Oh, she is my my heart, my BFF, my best friend forever, my love. And Paul does the same thing here. Uh, eight times of Jesus, he mentions him in one form or another in just seven verses. Christ Jesus, God's Son, a descendant of David, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord, Him, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. We speak much of those we love. In fact, we can't help it. But at the same time, why is it so hard to speak of Christ? to share the gospel. Uh, we, we love Christ. We love him. Our love for him is real. But for many of us, it is so hard to speak freely about him to others. Uh, we'd rather speak about coffee or sports. So why is it so hard to speak of Christ? Uh, he, here are three quick answers to that question. Number one, we don't love him enough. We don't love him enough. And you know what? We never will. And that's why we needed the gospel in the first place, to forgive our sins for not loving God as we ought, but also to empower us to love him more. We don't love him enough. Number two, we fear the world too much. We fear the world too much. And number three, we don't love others enough. So what do we do? What do we do about this? Uh, I think we could spend every moment of every single day in confession of our sin of not loving God as we ought, not loving him enough. Uh, but we don't need to do such penance uh, because of Christ, because of grace, because there was one who loved God as much as he ought, and that was Jesus. And he loved God on our behalf perfectly. And understanding this helps to grow our love for him. And as we grow in our understanding and appreciation of the gospel, our love for him grows. In many ways, we, we worship what we fear. And uh, this can be a healthy fear, a biblical fear of God, or it can be a very unhealthy fear, a very idolatrous fear. Uh, so no doubt, a part of the reason why we fear the world too much is because we fear the Lord too little, and we understand and embrace the gospel too little. And one way that we fill that fear for the world in our own hearts is when we fill our hearts and our minds with the world too much. Um, on the simplest measure, how many hours do we spend each day on our phones looking at social media and surfing the web? And then how many hours do we spend filling our hearts and minds with uh, Philippians 4-8 things? things that are true, honorable, right, 
pure, lovely, of good repute. In other words, the things of God and the things that honor God. And of course, most of all, God himself, God's word, the holy scriptures that talk, uh, that, that Paul talks about in verse two. In these COVID days or in any season, uh, just like you budget your money, please budget your time to invest your, your mind and your heart in the best things. And this will help you to lessen your fear of the world and to grow in your love for the Lord. Uh, how do we increase our love for others? Well, first of all, our love for others will flow as our love for the Lord grows. Uh, second, I want to encourage you to start by praying for your neighbors and for the nations, specifically and by name. Uh, Jesus commanded us to love our neighbors as ourselves. And no doubt one of the ways that we can express that love is in prayer. Uh, you, you can do more than pray for your neighbors, but you should do nothing less than pray for your neighbors. And in these COVID days, uh, you might not be able to do much more than pray for them, but there might be nothing that they need more than your prayers. Uh, and I also love how prayer empowers our love for others. Uh, because after we pray for people, so often I find that God brings to mind other ways and ideas uh, to love them. Uh, in asking them if they need help with, with getting some food, uh, asking them to let you know if, if they start not feeling well, uh, in, in being kind to their children, in writing them a um, a note of encouragement, or inviting them to join an online worship service from the comfort of their home, uh, or give them the gift of a, of a Bible, uh, the Holy Scripture that is filled with the promises of God and filled with good news. And please also uh, pray for the nations. Uh, the Old Testament saints saw the promises of God and no doubt there were countless followers of God uh, who prayed earnestly, fervently, and faithfully for the coming of the Messiah, for the nations to be blessed through Abraham's seeds, uh, for God's praise to reach to the ends of the earth. And should we not join them in praying for the fulfillment of the promises of God in our day as well? for the discipling of all nations, uh, for the coming of the kingdom of God, for the hallowing of God's name, for the glory of God to be proclaimed among all the nations. Again, I encourage you to pray by name for your neighbors and also specifically by name for the nations. Uh, and toward that end, uh, there's no better resource than Operation World, uh, which is the definitive guide to prayer for every nation on earth. And if you want to pick up a, a copy of the printed book, I know that you will be served, this will serve you very well. Uh, we are also beginning work on edition eight, so we would appreciate your prayers. Uh, there's also an abridged version uh, called Pray for the World, uh, for those of you who have a little less time, and also uh, for your children, 
something called Window on the World, an excellent, an excellent children's version of Operation World that will help not only help your children to uh, learn how to pray for the world, but it will also disciple them. Uh, it will help them to have a heart to make disciples of all nations. Uh, so I encourage you uh, to pick up a copy of Operation World or Pray for the World or Window on the World. Uh, in addition, uh, as a gift to you, uh, we have developed an app for Operation World uh, that you can use to pray daily for the nations in an organized and informed manner. Um, you can find that app on the Apple uh, iPhone uh, store, Apple App Store, or on Google. Um, and um, yeah, I hope that you will download this app that you can use to pray daily for the nations in an organized and informed manner. So I strongly uh, encourage you to uh, accept that free gift and use it as you pray for the world. Uh, Jesus quoted Isaiah 56 saying, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. Uh, may that vision become a reality in your house and in the house that is your church and in the house that is the global church. That which God promises, God will fulfill. And these are the same promises of God found in the Holy Scriptures uh, that we long for, that we pray for, that we work for, that we live for. Uh, the prophecy of Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. That which God promises, God will fulfill. And beloved brothers and sisters, his plan is to fulfill it through us. So let me end with three implications of the gospel for you to pray about and hopefully participate in. And these come from uh, the man we in the Lausanne movement affectionately call Uncle John, uh, John Stott. Uh, along with Billy Graham, was in many ways the, the founder of the Lausanne movement, especially in his uh, unique contribution as the chief architect of the Lausanne Covenant. Uh, first of all, Uncle John speaks of the ethical implication of the gospel, which is obedience. Uh, Jesus is not just Lord of our minds. He is Lord of our wills and of our moral standards also. It is not only what we believe that is to come under the Lordship of Jesus, but also how we behave. Discipleship implies obedience. Further, we need to go on and teach that the yoke of Jesus is easy and his burden is light, and that under the yoke of Jesus, we have not bondage, but freedom and rest. And second, Uncle John references a vocational implication. If Jesus is Lord, then he is not only Lord of our minds, wills, and morals, but he is also Lord of our time. This means that he is Lord of our professions, jobs, careers, and ambitions. We cannot plan our lives as if our relationship to Jesus is somehow detached from those plans and irrelevant to them. Uh, Paul is an example at this point. Before he met Christ on the road to Damascus and bowed before him, 
Paul was pursuing a vocation of his own choice. He was a Pharisee and intent on rising high in the intellectual and ruling structures of Judaism. He knew where he was going. When he met Jesus, all this was redirected. This is precisely the way we must regard our vocations. We may not be called to be apostles as Paul was. Only a few were called to what we are called to what we term religious work. But whether we work in a church or a factory, in a hospital, a law firm, or our own small business, whether we are homemakers or builders of homes, whatever our calling, we must regard it as a form of Christian service and know that we are obeying our Lord Jesus Christ as we pursue it. And last, Uncle John spoke of a global implication of the gospel. If Jesus is our Lord, the final implication flows from the Great Commission by which, on the basis of his own authority, the Lord sent disciples into the entire world to make and disciple Christians everywhere, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. The Lordship of Jesus is the most powerful of missionary incentives. It is, as Lord of our lives, that he tells us to go. Because we know him as Lord, this is, ex is exactly what we do. Because we love him, we want everyone to become his disciples. Let's pray. Father, Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us good news. Uh, thank you for giving us Jesus, the Son of God. Thank you for rescuing us from sin and death through him. Thank you for fulfilling your promises in the Holy Scriptures concerning him. Thank you also for the promise that you will fulfill your promises that you promise to fulfill through us. Uh, use us, Lord. Increase your love in us. Increase our understanding and appreciation and experience of the gospel and empower our obedience to share and show that good news to those near and far. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.